Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by The Paragon Bar and Grill, your Upper Queen Anne destination for lunch, teeny time, evening entertainment, and weekend brunch. For two decades, The Paragon has served as the go-to neighborhood location while welcoming others from all over the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Visit them online today at ParagonSeattle.com. Hi, I'm Leslie Mackey from Macrina Bakery here in Seattle, and I want to welcome you to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live from the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today. Welcome to the December Seattle Dining Show, number 1612. I'm Connie Adams, Senior Editor of Seattle Dining. And I'm Tom Marin, Publisher. And uh, I just want to welcome the hundreds of new friends we have at Amazon Web Services. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been rather interesting. We've been watching the uh, stats, and we're getting tons of traffic from Amazon Web Services. And we only get it. On the weekdays. Does this mean that people are at Amazon listening to our show instead of getting work done? Oh, you know, I hope that's true. Yeah. You know, it would make life so much nicer. (laughs) Really. And also, they're probably uh, really encouraging Jeff Bezos to buy us, which would be a lovely thing. See, that's what I was thinking. I I was thinking, you know, he, he got the Washington Post. Yeah. And so probably, I mean, it's, it's a pretty likely second choice is Seattle Dining, the magazine, the webcast, the whole thing. And Jeff, we just want you to know, although I'm sure you think that there's a lineup of suitors, we would love to talk to you first. Yeah, because we know your check won't bounce. <laughs> All right. We like to talk about places we've been or eaten in the last month. And I'm going to go first this month. Um this is a, a small thing, not a big restaurant or anything, but the, I had coffee at the Ballard Sip and Ship. And, you know, you see these places popping up every now and then. There's a couple of them around the city. I see them pop up, and then a few years later, I see them pop back down. Well, Sip and Ship's been there a while. I, I cannot tell you how long, but it's been there several years. It's right on uh, Northwest Market at 1752, and it's a, a shipping place. You know, you go in and ship uh-huh. your stuff. But they've always had coffee, obviously, because they named it that, Sip and Ship. But they have now um, expanded the coffee space. Oh, no, I take it back. They expanded the uh, retail space. Coffee space is a little smaller. It's good coffee. Um, you are not going to go there and have a relaxing cup of coffee. There's activity there. There's only about four seats in the window. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little upstairs place that, honestly, they seem to be working in. But there were a couple little tables. So I think you could go up there. But it, it's good coffee if you're just dropping by to get something or if you need to ship something and you're in Ballard, that's the place to go. Now, I had one of those in uh, Greenwood. And oh, that's right. uh, something happened and it didn't last. Uh, there's one up here on Queen Anne Hill. Um, and, it, it, and it has three sides to it. It's a, it's a, they do shipping. Uh, they do coffee inside, right? They do not. Oh, it's, it's just not. shipping and, and lingerie. Well, and... Clothing. There's sweaters and slacks. I never look at that there's stuff. There's jewelry. There's cards. They have great cards. Just, greeting cards. You know, I usually want to kill two birds with one stone, so I head on over and and uh, uh, do a little shipping and pick up some some lingerie, some panties. Yeah, and yeah. then you 
let's not get into who who those are for, but um, <laughs> <laughs> and they they used to have I think it's still on the window. This is Queen Anne Dispatch, by the way, on Queen Anne Avenue North, and they used to have a little uh, you know wording on the thing that said shipping clothing, stuff like that. And then it would say gossip. It was kind of fun. It was like, you know, mm. it's the neighborhood spot where yeah. you can go in and chit-chat. So. Well, they need to add some... Uh, some coffee. Yeah. I tell you. I'm surprised they haven't thought of that. But maybe they know that's the piece that makes you go down in a couple of years, and they've avoided that. So where else you've been eating? Um, Pickwick is a little... It, literally a drive-in. It's, it's a drive-in burger place. It started in Fife in 1949. They put one in Auburn, and just in... This past October, they opened down at Soto, 2994 4th Avenue South. And um, I didn't really understand when I went down to check it out. It is a drive through You can walk up to a window, but there is no place to sit. And then there's a drive through that you can go through your car. So don't think you're going to go you There's know, no sit car hop service or anything like that? No, there's no place to park. Okay. Um, that w- I did park my car in a lot, and there were like five places, and I think those are theirs. But they're right next to a big lot that's reserved for people who work in the area, so it's not them. Uh, I was there right around noon, and there were parking places on the street right in front of it. So um, I think mostly their walk-up people are who work there, you know, work in the neighborhood. So sometimes you can get a, a spot there, but if not, just drive through. Anyway, um, I will be honest, I didn't like their fries. They reminded me of Dick's fries. They're kind of greasy and, mm-hmm. and limp. But the ba- the uh, burger was very good, and we had shakes um, that were, honestly, for my taste, too sweet. But I, I had to try the almond roca shake. I had to. But it was just too sweet for me. So I so, probably wouldn't do that again. But, but you know, everything changed at Dick's because now they take credit cards, so the food is, like, way better, right? They take credit cards? They take credit cards at Dick's now. Oh, at Dick's? Oh, yeah. oh, oh. So I think that means the food got better, Oh, right? yeah. The fries are probably much better. Yeah. I they're guess. Not, they're, they're, they're greasy, but it's a different kind of greasy. It's expensive grease. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing we did the other day was we did takeout from Mykonos Greek Grill. Now, they've been at Green Lake on 72nd Street since 2010. This is not a new spot. But I had never been in there. And it was pretty good. I had the you know the lemon rice soup, which was good, and we had um, salads actually. Yeah. And um, and we watched the Seahawks win that day. Yeah. So maybe we'll have to keep eating there because they didn't win when we didn't get them. Oh, yesterday. maybe that's the juju. Maybe that's it. Mykonos hmm. makes the Seahawks win. They should put that in their window. <laughs> so my uh, my last place I wanted to mention was Racolto, which is Brian Clevenger, new his new place, and he's the one with Vendemia and Anchor Seafood in Madrona. This is in West Seattle. It's a very clean, spare-looking place. It's mostly seafood. Um, and uh, I think you will appreciate this, Tom. You can get seafood and protein and everything, but it's not the star of the show necessarily. Fabulous vegetables, wonderful pastas. Uh, once again, it's not. you don't need to have 40 ounces of steak, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and everything's very well balanced. The flavors were great. I, we tried several pastas, and every, everything was totally different from the other one, which I always appreciate. So, I think he's got a winning, winning uh, concept over there. Hmm. Well, you know, since I kind of got into the smart fat diet thing, I kind of stopped eating pizza and pasta and pasta. But um, one of my favorite pizza places in all of Seattle is the Ridge. And I thought the other day, you know, it's the holiday season. I'm not going to do good. I'll just go down and get a slice of pizza at the Ridge. And I had a delicious slice of pizza. 
It's called the Martinos, named after the small sandwich shop across the street. And uh, a salad and a soda, eight bucks. Great deal. Can't do almost as well at McDonald's. So, um, yeah, I didn't get panhandled either. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's the latest trauma. <laughs> so uh, um, I went back. I got a Martino's a couple of days later for dinner. Had a, uh, they have a happy hour pizza. It's like five bucks, and then you have to pay per topping, but that's okay. And um, I, I said to the person working the counter there, I said, uh, so uh, we've, we've heard that Martino's itself is shutting down. Will you still have the Martino's pizza on the menu? And he confirmed, yes, they will have it on the menu still. So uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Martino's. They, oh, they, they say they may open up somewhere else. They say they may continue to offer uh, some of the other services that they do. So we'll see. Like the retail selling up. of meats. Yeah. 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 So that's that's the deal on the ridge, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> um. Somewhere I didn't get to go because we tried. We were up in Canada. We came back down south, and we had a reservation at Bistro San Martin up Yay. in Arlington. Really delicious French food. And then, what, there was a fire, right? In Arlington, and uh, they got a lot of smoke damage. So uh, they have called us to tell us that they are back open again, and uh, please come on up and patronize them, and we'll, we'll make our way there eventually at some point. Yeah, it's um, it's good food. It's a lovely atmosphere. It's um, two people who own it, and they've had it all this time. And you know, it's not a, it's just a nice neighborhood, and and good enough to be a destination spot. Yeah. It's not just a local thing. So uh, another one on my list here. Uh, can we talk about this now? Is absolutely. Little O? Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, we went to Little O, which is the uh, the lounge that's next door to Oropentai on Queen Anne, and um, um, Upper Queen Anne. Upper Queen Anne. On Boston Street. If it was pizza, it'd be called the Upper Crust pe- uh, Queen Anne. But, um, and it was really good. And, and they're doing different bites in the lounge than what you can get on the regular menu in a dining room, although you can order off the regular menu as well if you want to. The little O menu is Thai street food. Right, Thai street food. So what is Thai street food? Usually it's stuff that it's a small place on the street, not necessarily a food truck or a cart or something, it doesn't have to be, but a small place with just a few stools around, and they make something really well. So, so these like are various... A, they had some chicken skewers. That yeah, and they had a, had a beef, um, a beef, I don't know what I'm trying to say. They were calling it... Like a um, beef salad? No, no, no. They were calling it, um, oh man, I can't say it now. And, it, and that, to me, is throws you totally off the track because it isn't what it is. It's strips of beef and then they have they serve it with sticky rice and you can put some sticky rice with that beef and dip it into a very spicy sauce. Okay. Delicious. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And they we had some tofu, fried tofu with a sauce, mm-hmm. a dipping sauce. And the the interior is beautiful. It's very warm inside. It's it, it's a really nice cozy little place. And um And it's designed to be like a little uh a seafaring, you know, something along the water bar in Thai. Oh yeah, Thailand. right. So, right. Um, and they've left like up very high in the ceiling. There's some windows, and it looks right out at the building next door. And Jan, uh, she and her mother Orpin own these places, and she said, you know, we left that on purpose because 
in Thailand, everything's very pushed together like that. So you do look out a window and see another building, and it's very much, and Orpin agreed with us, she said it really does have that feel of a little Thai bar. Yeah. So, so we highly recommend stopping in at Little O. Yes. And also, they, the, uh, Orpin, the Thai restaurant, has always served beer and wine. They're doing different beers and wines, and they have a full bar. So they've mm-hmm. got spirits. And they have some special cocktails that they make that you can't get anywhere yeah, else. And a featured wine. So, you know, very fun. So what are we talking about on the monthly topic this month? You know, I kind of wanted to talk about what kind of food city is Seattle? We're growing. The population's getting big. We've, you know, it's getting to be known as a food city. But do we have what we need? Are we getting more of what we don't need? What's going on? Um, One of the things that made me start thinking about this was the opening of Circadia, um, which is a very fine dining place. They do not mean to be pretentious at all. They They want to do individualized service, but it's very fine dining and very fancy inside. Um, it's, I was, when I started thinking about this, I was thinking, do we need more fine dining? It seems like Seattle is such a casual city. But then I started thinking about what fine dining places we have, and there are, a lot of them are steakhouses, Ruth Chris or Met Grill, Daniels. There's Aqua, though, that's all seafood, Canlis, of course. These places have all been around a long time. Mm-hmm. So I would say that despite economic downturns, the really fine dining places in Seattle have lasted. So there is obviously a desire for that here, and, and I'm sure that um, tourists want to come in and businesses, conventions want that kind of thing. Yeah, I think we've got it uh, sold on burgers and pizzas. I, think- I mean, we've got... I think we have a little city in a in a big city that's all unto itself. You know, downtown Seattle, it's a place that if you live uh, up on top of Queen Anne or you live up in uh, Greenwood Broadview area, you don't want to go there anymore because the traffic's so bad. Uh, but the people who are tourists don't want to go out of the area. They'd rather walk to somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I don't know, you know, it, it's worth a shot. Yeah. Somebody should should opening up some of these things like this. Well, you know, and you and I have a little bit of a disagreement on that because I'm a downtown person. I love downtown. And I don't, I don't go as much as I used to, but I do love being downtown. However, I will say that because of the parking and the traffic, if we do go downtown for a meal, we bus or we, we can Uber or mm-hmm. do something because – and then, of course, we do enjoy a cocktail or two. So it's nicer not to have the car. Um, and this is the December show. And if you're listening to this show at the beginning of December, we just want to remind you, downtown Seattle, come about two to three weeks before Christmas, is insane. Yeah, definitely. So don't think about driving your own car down there. And even if you take a bus or an Uber, you might get held up in traffic. Although i got to say, the Uber guys, they, they know all the little secret streets. Yeah, they, they do a good job of that. They're, they're winding their way around the back streets. Um, the other thing... In terms of what kind of city are we, we have a lot of ethnic food. We have um, some really creative, interesting things. I mean, we've got um, Copine, which is a, a very new uh, contemporary American place in Ballard, which is extremely expensive. Um, but everything I've heard is just wonderful food. New, N-U-E is at Capitol Hill. That's also new. And uh, it's what they like to eat from all over the world. So it's a really eclectic menu and looks delicious. I, we need to get up there. Flint Creek has now opened. This is Eric Donnelly, who has um, Rock Creek. This is his meat version. 
And it's a lot of um, things like venison, boar, bison. The meats are grass-fed. It's small producers. So that's going to be very interesting to see how that goes. That's kind of a different take on things. But two of the things that, that you and I kind of miss are, are really good Chinese food and really good barbecue. Yeah. Now, I think there are good Chinese places around town, but a lot of them are in the ID. There are places maybe if you want to go out for a nice meal, you don't want to go sit in harsh lighting with no alcohol. Maybe the food's great, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I know you're very skeptical. I'm, but, you know, we don't have – I can remember going up to Vancouver, B.C. and sitting in, you know, white linen tablecloths and fabulous Chinese food, just really good. We don't have something that I'm aware of down here like that. Best Chinese food I ever had in Seattle was made by Chef Bobby Wang. Oh, yeah, and that left years ago. That left a long time ago. Oasian was pretty good. Yep. I miss them. Mm-hmm. And I, I just there's just not anything on my list that is a go-to. Hey, speaking of Oasian, I think we should just uh, make note that the man who owned it, Walter Kwan, I just found out died in May. He was only 48, and he had a brain aneurysm. So that's a that's a sad thing, a very sad yeah. thing for all of us who knew him. He's a good guy. Yes. Um, so, so uh, okay, then the other one missing is barbecue. We have we have lots of barbecue places. It's just that I don't hit any of them and want to go back again. Yeah, and we like barbecue. Yeah. It would be and, – and if if anyone listening says, oh, my gosh, have you not been to – on Chinese or barbecue that we're saying we can't find anything good, let us know. Oh, yeah, just go on our Facebook page and, and post up on our wall and tell us your favorite barbecue place. Yeah. The man. I got to meet the man. <laughs> So, um, and as we mentioned, there's a lot of wonderful neighborhood spots, which we like about that. And downtown, there are great things happening. Although Seattle isn't known as a place that loves downtown hotel restaurants, there are some really good restaurants downtown. Trace at the W, um, uh, Sazerac. There, there's a number of really good places in, in the bookstore. Purple. Um, at, well, that's not in a hotel. Oh. But Purple's downtown. Brooklyn's downtown. There's a lot of stuff at the market. The Pink Door, the Steelhead Diner, Met Grills downtown, Tom Douglas's restaurant. Oh, yeah, there's plenty of good restaurants. So, um, you know, we're not dissing downtown either. There's a lot of good stuff going on. Yep. So, we need a few of those to move up here. Yeah. Yeah. Your your area is not a high <laughs> high restaurant. <laughs> I mean, I love what Greg Beek does with Saltoro and with uh, Bix. Bix. But uh, and and now you know people can get that in West Seattle too because you got the one over there. What's it called? It's the West Seattle Kitchen, oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. But uh, just not enough fine dining to the north of downtown. Yeah. Or good dining. So I don't know. How do you feel in general? What kind of food city is Seattle? Do you feel like we're heading the right direction? Are we ahead of people? Or are we behind people? Uh, you know, it's just going to be a continual landscape change from here on out. I don't know. Uh, you know, if five people could open up restaurants next month, and yeah. then that'll change the scene that much more. It's it's, mm-hmm. always, it's always interesting watching it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love the end of the show when we go through the list of all the restaurants that we remember. Yes. But they're not around anymore. And uh, it's fun to it's fun to listen to it when Brian calls them out. Yeah. And it's and when you a lot of them are really iconic and you're thinking, boy, if that was still here, I probably wouldn't eat there. And you know, <laughs> speaking of all these changes in Seattle and I'm I'm going to wrap this up and we're going to move on, but uh there was one thing that came to mind and it's like a little bit off the subject cuz it's not really food related. 
Um, but, you know, I know we have a problem with the homeless population and stuff. And another problem that we have that nobody's addressing, not the mayor, not anybody, is that with all this rain that we've been having, it's causing all the earthworms to come up out of the ground. And a lot of them are getting hit by cars. Uh, we, we, we need to take care of these earthworms. We need them in the ground. We, we need to give them a, a, a sanctuary when they uh, – when they uh, need it, you know, and not uh, – we, we just can't lose. You know, we're, we're losing the bees. We can't be losing earthworms now because it rains so much in Seattle. So what you're saying is, too, as they come out of the ground, do not harvest them and eat them because they need to go back in the ground. Right. They need to work on the soil for the food that you're going to eat. What if they're not down there dropping their worm castings, you're not getting any fresh vegetables out of Snoqualmie Valley next week. So you know, you that's are, the way it is. You are such a sensitive, caring man. I, I just – I'm <laughs> stunned every time we speak. Did I tell you about the time I had to syringe feed earthworms for <laughs> – Every three hours, I had to give them 20, milliliter, 20 milliliters of worm food. To keep them alive before they could get back That's in the ground. Right. You I are a good Wait until man. they got their appetites back. I tell you, it was, it was the toughest time of my life. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll, we'll be back with News Bison in just a minute. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Esquin Wine and Spirits. Drop by and check out one of the widest inventories of wines from around the world, as well as local and international spirits, all procured by their expert staff. Is your wine collection ready for a new home? Esquin offers monthly wine store storage lockers in a temperature-controlled environment. Visit their website at madwine.com today. Hi, this is Shannon from Friday Harbor from the San Juan Islands Visitors Bureau, and you're listening to The Seattle Dining Show. Hi, my name is Elijah Lefkowitz. We're from uh, Fort Myers, Florida. We're visiting the Seattle area. We went to the Tillicum Place Cafe for brunch, and it was absolutely delicious. We had the savory and sweet Dutch, ba- Dutch babies, and we'll, if we ever come back, that we'll be coming back to Tillicum Place Cafe. You're back with the Seattle Dining Show with Connie and Tom, and we're looking at our News Bites information. So what's happening? What's coming up in December? Uh, one of the things that's really not particularly food-related, but I just happen to love, is the Gingerbread Village at the Sheraton Seattle. It's one of those traditional holiday things. It's so fun to go down. It raises money for the Northwest Chapter of Juvenile Diabetes, so that's a good thing. And their theme this year is Spellbinding Holiday. So know that you are going to probably see some uh, Harry Potter-type type things. I think it's going to be very fun. That but op- you can make it food-related. You know, I, I know that you like to go downtown and check out yeah. the gingerbread house. And, and the teddy bear and suite. And the teddy bear suite. And you do all those things that you like to do. You like to ride the merry-go-round. Yes, I do. And somewhere in there, you're going to go out to dinner, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right in the Sheraton, there's Lulay from Thierry Rotoro. And then all the things we um, just talked about a little bit ago with all the um, great restaurants downtown and in the hotel. So there's plenty of places to eat when you're down there. Okay. Uh, let's see. I just have to you gather go. my thoughts together. Uh, Wild Ginger in Seattle is doing a fashionably late 
which is a dinner for two after 8 p.m. It includes an appetizer, two entrees, a dessert, and a select bottle of wine. Now, this is every day until yeah. we don't know when. So no, it's, it's just not- a, it's one of the, they started to do a late meal. Yeah. I think to draw later diners in. So. Yeah, so it's not really a calendar item. That's why we have it here in News Bites. Exactly. So uh, jump on it. Because yeah. you never know. They might decide to pull it after the holidays, but it probably would be a really good thing to have around in January. Yeah, really draw some people in after the holiday malaise sets in. Yeah. Now, um, if you're looking for Christmas gifts or holiday gifts, the Walla Walla Women of Wine calendar for 2017 is out. It's $25. You can uh, buy it at a number of the wineries, Woodward Canyon, Bergevin Lane, Three Rivers, Eisenhower, Mansion Creek, Beauty, Places like that, and I'm sure you can get it online. So just check any of those um, wineries out or check women, Walla Walla Women of Wine, and I think there is a website for that as Who well. Who cares about the women of wine? I want the Walla Walla Wine Dog calendar. Oh, you got a whole book for the wine dogs. Let I the know, women have but a calendar. You know, the wine dogs are changing all the time, and of course we have more wineries, and then some dog passes away, and then they yeah. get a new dog. So the, the book gets out of date. That's why you need to have the yes. calendar. And as you know, there is no such thing as an ugly dog. So. And uh, well, not unless you walk around Green Lake, and then you'll see a few. <laughs> but uh, you know, don't anybody steal my idea now. I think we ought to have the 365-page calendar Walla Walla Wine Dog calendar yeah. every year, yeah. just like they have the cat calendar and all that yeah. stuff. Not yeah. for Walla Walla cats yet. Yet, uh, as far as we know, that hasn't come through. All righty. Uh, trophy cupcakes, adding macaroons at all locations. Started in November, 8 to 12 flavors daily with rotating flavors by singles or boxes of 6, 12, or 18. See? There's more than just cupcakes there. And if you don't know what a macaroon is, Google it. Yeah, and it's a macaron, I think, is macaron. Because I'm so good at French. So, um, Ghostfish Brewing down in the Soto area. I see their trucks around town all the time now. Ghostfish Brewing? They're getting big. Well, they have a distributor. As a distributor, I guess yeah. maybe they, you know, they put their money the in for or the something. Yeah. promotion for the month or whatever. I don't know. Well, the latest thing they're doing is their Winter Coat Coffee Porter. It's a collaboration with Tony's Coffee in Bellingham. And in addition to that porter, the Ghostfish chefs have created some menu items using Tony's coffee. So if you're looking for a buzz, and I'm, and I'm not talking alcoholic, get down to Ghostfish because <laughs> you are going to not sleep tonight if you eat all that stuff. So, and I'm fun. thinking that that's going to be gluten-free, right? Yes, it's all gluten-free. Yeah, everything the they do is gluten-free. And, yes, so. nice save there. Remember, you heard it here first, folks. Ghostfish, acronym GF. Ah, yes, there you go. Free. We put two and two together for people all the time here <laughs> on the Seattle Dining Show. Hey, I'm going to take this next one because I'm intrigued with this, and I uh, would love it if I had this kind of money. But for a mere $250, the Copper Leaf Restaurant down at Cedarbrook Lodge yeah. is offering an exotic blue lobster of Normandy with white truffles. And I wanted to do this because you're not a truffle eater, and you would be like, what? But from December 5th through 11th, it's, it's a rare and decadent opportunity to try this lobster with white truffles. Well, I'm looking at how it's spelled here, and I'm thinking for 250 bucks, at least I could get the correct spelling, but I'm seeing <laughs> B-L-E-U. That is correct. Huh. That is correct, Mr. 
wide world traveler. <laughs> and by the way, I, I will eat a truffle maybe like once a year. Yeah, it's not that you despise them. All right. Uh, let's see. Coming up next, uh, the deck at 1051 Thomas Street in Boren opened up in November. Juju B, Evergreens, Little Woodies, they're all there. Is this a place where Sea Star was? No, no, no. This no. is down in South Lake Union. Okay. Um, Juju Beat does juices, Evergreens does salads, and Little Woodies is burgers. So okay, so the deck is like a, a, a like a just a, a collection. Yes. Okay. So uh, you got to go quick because these places could change out. So well, that's I don't think that's the plan, but. Yeah. I would like to see a Mighty O there. I would like to have a Mighty O on the deck looking at the wall. There you go. There you go. With your donuts. With your Juju Beet juice. All right. A new farmer's market's popping up here. This is at Chop House Row on Capitol Hill, 4 to 8 p.m. on Wednesdays. Um, It's uh, the people in the market are independent, family owned farms. They do, uh, as well as food, they do seasonal packaged goods and crafts. And there are also rotating tenant stalls, so chop house tenants can periodically jump into when they have something they want to do. So that would be a fun thing to to stroll through. You know, a lot of people think farmers markets are just in the summertime, but uh, get online and you'll find a bunch of them. They they run a Ballard one all year. Oh yeah, there's a number of them that run all year. So uh, and now you know you're going to be getting your root vegetables and your mm-hmm. your uh, nectarines and a lot of organic stuff. A lot of these farms that are smaller are organic, so really good stuff. Yeah, as long as the earthworms don't decimate the uh, crops. Yeah, well, no, that's because or, you fed them with or leave them high and dry. I mean. <laughs> Make your mind up. All right. uh, Sweet Iron Waffle, second location. First, it says the first is downtown Seattle. And okay, and then the second one is going to be Capitol Hill at 10th and Union. And they're going to be doing a late night. Late night. Well, a late night menu, a brunch menu, and uh, beer and wine will be showing up. Just as yeah. soon as the uh, folks over at the uh, ATF allow it. <laughs> and also, you may remember them. They um, sell down at the uh, baseball stadium. Oh, yeah. We tried them down there. So, all right. Heavy Restaurant is opening Thackeray in the Brooks Building in Wallingford. Brooks Shoes, like the tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, that's opening this month. They're going to be doing lunch, dinner, and weekend brunch. Kind of an eclectic menu and lots of cocktails. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Now, we have something called Little Lago. Is that like something having to do with Cafe Lago? Yes, it's Cafe Lago took over. Cafe Lago's fine, you know. They're in Montlake like they've always been. And they took over the kind of little deli market that Erica Burke started. Oh, right. Okay. And, and they opened finally in November, November 9th. So this is a, a grocery deli by Carla Leonardi, and it's in Montlake. And they're going to have rotisserie chicken. Mm-hmm. They're going to have some wine tastings too, and things. It's, it's. Uh, I think you know, as usual, it should be good if Carla's taking care of it. Twenty four nineteen Furman Avenue East. Yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, Jackson's Catfish Corner is back. This was something where uh, a couple generations ago they had the Catfish Corner, and then um, their grandson took it over on Martin Luther King Way. And then something happened with the lease or something anyway. It closed down. He was doing some pop-ups. But now 123 21st Avenue 
it's open, brick and mortar. So get your catfish fix there. Cheers, Barn Grill, Renton, Tacoma, Lacey, Lakewood, Puyallup, University Place, is now opening January in Port Orchard. So if you're taking the ferry over to Bremerton or you're taking it over uh, off of Vashon, you can stop in and get your cheers fix. Exactly. And our last uh, news bite for this month is that Babar is opening a second location. Um, it's 500 Terry Avenue North in South Lake Union. They're going to be open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 11 p.m., and on Saturday and Sunday, 10 a.m. to 11. And just like the original Bob Bar, it's Saigon Street Food and Cocktails. So more of good stuff. Always something new to try. Exactly. Okay, uh, I'm going to take a little break here and uh, get 60 milliliters of food in my system, and then we'll be uh, right back with a calendar. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Trellis Restaurant at the Heathman Hotel in Kirkland. Enjoy fine dining all day long, seven days a week at Trellis, an Eastside favorite. Hi, this is Chris. I'm from Panther Creek Cellars. We're located in Dundee, Oregon, and you are listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Hi, my name's Alan, and I live in Seattle, and I love going to Poppy Seattle Restaurant and eating the eggplant fries. Welcome back to the Seattle Dining Show for December. Connie and Tom here, and we're going to head in and talk about some things going on in December, calendar-wise. Remember that we, uh, due to time constraints, can't tell you everything going on in the city. So please go back and check what's new at seattledining.com backslash calendar. We add things all the time. People send us things. They put things up themselves. So it's changing all the time. So make sure to go out and check it out. And if you're a restaurant or an event person who puts on events... And you don't see your event on our calendar, uh, just use the link that says submit an event, and then you can get it added in, and we'll be sure to talk about it on the next show. Exactly. Do it early because we're, you know, we do it the month before for the next month. So Yeah. All right. What's happening on December 1st? Uh, December 1st, we've got a holiday champagne dinner at Daniel's Broiler. In Bellevue. In Bellevue. So that's the one that's up on top of the building. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that'll give you a nice view. It does. Uh, it's a good way to start off uh, celebrating your holiday season. And uh, it's going to include some fine champagne paired with world-class multi-course gourmet menu, specially selected by Chef Kevin Rohr. Uh, let's see. It's $150 a person plus tax and service and uh, starts at 6 p.m. with light hors d'oeuvres. And then the dinner is at 6.30. So uh, we're putting the show up a couple days early so you know about this. Yeah, <laughs> you better make those plans quick. Um, on the other end of things from Fine Champagne, we're going to the second to a beer-tasting cruise with Pike Brewing Company and Waterways Cruises. That would be very fun, too. It's the champagne of bottled beers, right? Um, it's a beer-tasting dinner cruise. I think that would be fun. And, of course, Pike Brewing, always good beer. 
Um, you can learn about local craft beer brewing and enjoy beers paired with delicious course offerings by the Waterways Executive Chef. Um, I don't know if Roseanne and Charles will be there, but my guess is they will. They are everywhere. So it's a two-and-a-half-hour cruise on Lake Union and Lake Washington, your own private table, four pike beers, and then um, the food. There's a full bar if you want to buy something uh, along purchase of featured beers. You can also get alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages, um, a guided beer tasting, complete with tasting notes. Uh, we don't have a price on this, but you can uh, contact Savannah Powers at 206-223-2060, and all that information is on the calendar page, and find out how much this cost. And uh, be sure to ask if you can get an I Like Pike sticker, and if they tell you no, it's just say, I'm not going then. I'm not going, because i got to have my sticker. <laughs> All right, we got a uh, mixology class at the Woodmark Hotel and Still Spa. This is going to be on December 3rd, and uh, you're going to get to learn how to make some festive cocktails that are just perfect for the season. And uh, you will be able to look in here, 3 to 4 p.m., $25 per person, 21 and over only, please. <laughs> And this is at the Woodmark in uh, Kirkland. More details on our site. Now, I'm going to talk briefly about Salty Seafood Girls because these guys put on stuff all the time. I mean, they have a lot of catering going on, a lot of private parties in there at Alki and Redondo and Columbia on the Columbia in Portland. Um, and they're always doing an event. So for Christmas, as you can well imagine, there's a million things going on. Um, and of course, right now, my, uh, so for on. Christmas, what they're doing is, uh, well, uh, I can pick it up now. I got it now. Yeah. Okay. Um, they're doing cookie classes for one, they're doing Santa brunches and there are so many dates. The Santa brunches are like every weekend. Um, and you have certain time frames different for each location. So definitely go out to salties.com and uh, look at all this. Um, the Redondo Beach on the 3rd of December is doing a cookie class with cocktails. So this is not a family cooking class. This is an adult cooking class. So that's fun. So there's but a lot 21 of 21 and older, huh? Yes, only. Um, a 21 and older cookie class. Yes. You love wow. sweets and you love to drink. I think that hits I'll a lot you. of people. Cookies have really come a long way. Yeah. And on the 7th, you get a holiday cookie decorating at Salty's at Redondo Beach, but it's family oriented it's not so there's just a ton that they're doing for christmas and of course they put the nutcrackers up and uh, it's a really festive place to go have brunch um or your cookie class so that's all i'll say just get out there and check them out okay now we got a uh, rn74 champagne fet fet time to get fetted for your champagne <laughs> And uh, this is going to – I can't see where this is actually going to be. Is it – okay, December. so it's RN74. I got it. Downtown. Yeah. yeah. And that will be happening on December 3rd. $75 a person uh, goes from 2 to 4 p.m. Yes. Then Tavolata, as you know um, – oh, my gosh. I don't know why this keeps happening. Um, I could cover it. Yeah, go ahead and do the Tavolata. Okay, uh, December Sunday feast at Tavolata. 
Chef Adam Buzzolini has a crustacean celebration planned. So it's going to be a dinner starting at 6 p.m., $85 a person. Reservations are required. So get the phone number off our site. And it looks like a lot of good stuff, bruschetta, lobster, shaved foie gras. I love to shave the foie gras. (laughs) As much as you love it. I say you should shave your foie gras every day. Do you love it as much as feeding earthworms? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, And a little truffle oil with it Yeah, would be nice. Uh, Lobster, (laughs) deviled egg. I mean, this list goes on and on. Every course is lobster. Take a look on the calendar Mm -hmm. page. Mm -hmm. All right, on the 4th of December, there's the Gingerbread House class at Casper's. This is a annual thing, and he teaches everybody how to make a gingerbread house. It's very fun. Uh, you can decorate it yourself. You've got all the stuff there to, to do it upright. You can bring family and friends. Good news. It's, it's not a 21 and over event. No, and it's $50 per house. Includes yeah. non-alcoholic beverages and light snacks. There and they go. See, we do finally have some for kids. Yeah, see? Well, there's cookie stuff. All right. We got uh, the first annual winter truffle experience at Cedar Brook Lodge. And let me tell you, they, they could be growing their own truffles down there in the ground right at Cedar Brook, couldn't they? I don't know. We've I don't, been, we've been down there and Chef does mushrooms right out of the yard there. Yeah. So uh, this, will, this will be their first time around. Go and support it, especially if you like truffles. Um, lots of information here, both Friday and Saturday. So this is on December 9th, and then I guess on the 10th as well. And uh, price, well, hey, folks, it's truffles, okay? It's 175 bucks for one of the days, or if you want to do both days, it's 325 And it includes a copy of Carriero's book, The Dog Who Ate the Truffle, a memoir of stories and recipes from Umbria. Uh, no calendar with that, but you just get the book. We also like to talk about things happening around the state. So the Walter Clore Wine and Culinary Center has a lot going on, and they do blind tastings. The one on December 10th is Washington versus Germany tastings. So they're going to be doing classic varietals grown and produced around the world against the same varietals grown and produced in Washington. So that's going to be very interesting, I think. Tickets are just $15 plus tax. They have to be purchased in advance. The class size is just 18, so it books up quickly. And that is in Prosser, Washington. Next one is going to be on uh, December 11th. Breakfast with Santa at Tulalip Resort Casino. Because Santa loves to gamble. And he can't (laughs) gamble at the end of the month, so he's going to go now. But uh, this is a good one to bring the kids to. Uh, They've done this now for eight years. Uh, they always do a great buffet, and oh lordy, a special buffet for kids twelve and under. I'll bet there's no treats in that, is there? None, nothing sweet, certainly. Uh, Thirty-eight bucks for adults, twenty-two dollars for kids twelve and under, and that includes a tax and gratuity. Ah, yeah. What a deal! That's a deal. And then you go and pull the handle a few times and see if you can get your money back. <laughs> Hey, on the 15th, we have a guest chef night at Fair Start. Now, this happens every Thursday, and we normally don't put it up on the calendar because we know you guys all know it's out there every Thursday. But we love Mark Bodinet and Ray, Roy Bryman out at Copperleaf, Cedarbrook. And, uh, and they, our big supporters are cooking with class. And they are. 
And so we wanted to mention this because they're doing December 15th. So um, it's only twenty nine ninety five. It's a three-course thing, 700 Virginia Street in Seattle. These guys are doing uh, brown butter roasted delicata squash with honey crisp apples, Brussels sprouts, and caramel pecan brittle. brittle. The entree is root beer braised beef short ribs with mesquite roasted garnet yams, caramelized fennel, glazed Swiss chard, and vanilla poached cranberries. And there's a vegetarian option. So I won't go on. It's just going to be delightful. And then we'll have uh, on the 20th of December, cookie decorating with Chef Nicole at the Woodmark Hotel and Still Spa. Uh, Now, this is for junior chefs, but uh, adults are welcome. That kind of makes me think maybe you just go drop your 10-year-old terror off and drive away and do some Christmas shopping and let them (laughs) see see how things go with that cookie decorating. That might be a little scary. Uh, Each guest will get a half a dozen cookies to decorate, eat, or take home. I suppose you could do all three. Uh, it's only for one hour, but hey, ten bucks to for a babysitter. That's a pretty good price right now. Yeah. I think that's actually below minimum wage, isn't it? Hey, there you go. Yeah. So uh, that'll be at the Woodmark in uh, Kirkland. You know, there's a couple other things happening at the Woodmark. One on the 22nd, the Argosy Christmas Ship Festival is going to be right there, and of course, go out to Argosy's uh, uh, website because they're going to show you where they're going. You know, they're all over the place. But on the 22nd, they'll be at the Woodmark. And then um, both the Beach Cafe and Bin on the Lake at the Woodmark Hotel have some special stuff, food going on for the holidays like prime rib. Um, so that, you know, prime rib always catches my eye. Yeah, catches my appetite. Yeah. Uh, then we got, uh, we're getting into the Christmas Eve dinner here. And they've got a Christmas Eve dinner at the Fireside. At uh, Port Ludlow. So if you're trapped out there on the Kitsap Peninsula or out on the Olympic Peninsula, you have a place to go. Yes. So that'll be on the 24th. Um, Also on the 24th, um, it's Christmas at Restaurants Unlimited. And I'm not going to go into this, but we've just got all their restaurants like Palomino and Scott's Bar and Grill, Stanford's at Northgate and South Center. We've got that information up for um, Christmas and New Year's. So you can uh, check that out. Yeah, website is r-u-i.com. Now, if you forget that, you're just going to go to seattledining.com, click on the calendar, and then you get the link right there. Exactly. And lots more New Year's Eve things, and I'm not going to go into all of them individually. We see Andaluca here. We see another Port Ludlow. We see a waterways cruise. And And there'll be more coming. There's more coming. So this is, you know, the show here. We tape this at the very end of November. Uh, That will build. So when you're looking for things to do on New Year's Eve, make sure you consult our calendar. And And, uh, if you've got an event for New Year's Eve you need to broadcast, put it in the calendar. Now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we've got Samad Nasarian, who is the CEO and founder of Cozy Meal, which is a online booking service that puts you together with local professional chefs, either for cooking classes, catering, team building. So um, it's going to be an interesting interview. Please join us when we come back. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... 
Queen Anne Olive Oil. Explore their huge selection of flavor-infused olive oils and balsamics. Mix and match to create some unique taste treats. Take a field trip soon to the top of Queen Anne and experience oils and vinegars in a whole new way. Find more information at QueenAnneOliveOil.com. This is Uli from Uli's Famous Sausage in the Pike Place Market, and you listen to the Seattle Dining Show. I think we better do that again. Hi, my name is John Blair from Walla Walla, and when I visit Seattle, one of my favorite places is Wild Ginger. We're back with our interview for the day, and today we're talking with Samad Nasarian. He's the CEO and founder of Cozy Meal, based out of San Francisco, but now in seven cities. Samad, thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. Um, tell me, for everyone's benefit, a little bit about the concept. Now, you connect food lovers to local professional chefs for various reasons. Um, how did that happen? Where did, where did the idea come from? Okay. Yeah, thank you. So uh, the idea came out of my own passion for cooking, my high respect, deep respect for professional chefs, as well as my personal frustration often with restaurants where um, the quality of the food is mediocre, it's uh, loud and noisy instead of, instead of restaurants where if you want to have a conversation, you almost have to shout at each other to be able to communicate. And also the fact that you almost never see the chef who's actually cooking the food. And often, actually, if you know a restaurant owner, they tell you that the chef is actually often not cooking. It's usually the line cook who's cooking. Right. So I thought, um, and at the same time, I knew that uh, when the quality of the food is mediocre, it's often because in a restaurant, it's really difficult to run the kitchen. It's also difficult to cook for 200 people than it is if someone is just cooking for 10 people. So the idea was, why not having a, a marketplace where you can connect professional chefs with people who like good food and essentially uh, remove restaurants out of the equation for those types of experiences. Mm-hmm. And so I started the company um, over two years ago. We launched in July 2014 in San Francisco, focusing initially on cooking classes only. And uh, later then also we, uh, we started offering cooking classes for companies, which we call team building events. Mm-hmm. And uh, then shortly after that, we launched in Los Angeles, in both cities, we saw a tremendous uh, amount of positive feedback. The business has been growing really well in both cities. And then it was um, about um, eight months ago when we decided to uh, do a big expansion across the nation. And so in the last uh, four months, we have launched in five new cities across the nation, including Seattle, where we launched in late August. Okay. And how how has that been going in Seattle? That's you know recent. Yeah, so it has been going really well. We uh, we started initially focusing uh, only on consumers, so we promoted it just to consumers, um, and uh, we still got also uh, bookings and requests from companies who wanted to book us for the team building events. Mm-hmm. So it has been going well. We have been getting already. Uh, really positive reviews both on our website as well as on third-party websites such as Yelp. We are mm-hmm. a five-star Yelp company in Seattle. 
Um, and our chefs are also very happy to uh, have the opportunity to find new customers and design their own menus and obviously also uh, make money on our platform. Yeah. Now, um, obviously, in every city, there is catering, there are cooking classes, there are team building events taking place. What makes Cozy Meals so different? Yeah, it's a good question. So, so we, um, we are a true marketplace. We connect it directly with professional chefs. Uh, we work only with uh, professional chefs, and each of the chefs that joins our platform has to pass our vetting process uh, before they can actually join us. Um, uh, we provide you with a full package, meaning that uh, when you book an experience on Cozy Meal, uh, you get the chef. Um, the charge includes ingredients. If the chef comes with a venue, you get the venue. If you need to have rentals, for instance, maybe you need to have you want to have a, an event at your own home and you need to have um, additional china or cookware, all these things will be provided. And you can find and book the experience with just a few bus clicks. So uh, you don't need to have uh, the back and forth that you often need to have if you want to book a experience. And usually, you know, without closing email, if you're looking for um, a, Zoom, um, a caterer or a cooking class, and maybe for a bachelorette party or maybe for a company team building event, you would just go on Google, you would Google cooking classes Seattle, and mm-hmm. then you'll probably find like hundreds of websites um, of individual chefs who offer these cooking classes. You would call them up, you would ask them if they were available on that day or not. Some of them not be available. If you're lucky, you will find a few who are available. Uh, you would need to discuss the menu, you would need to discuss the price, and then you have a lot of back and forth. Sometimes it takes a few days until you find what you want. Versus on Cozy Meal, you go to the site, you enter uh, your city, you enter your group size, you enter the date, and you can find all the experiences right away there. And you can book them with a few button clicks. You can see for each experience the exact menu, the chef's background, photos, reviews, the price, and uh, booking from there on happens in two button clicks. And I think that's one of the big benefits of Cozy Meal, that they give you essentially easy and, and seamless access to these great experiences with full transparency in terms of price, reviews, menu, and so on and so forth. Okay, so when people are on there, they see the price that they would be charged if they go ahead with it. Exactly. They see the full price. So when you see the price assumed for a cooking class, it includes the cost for the chef, for the ingredients, if the chef um, comes uh, with a venue, it also includes the price for the venue. And uh, uh, we don't charge for cooking classes any additional service fee, so everything is, is included. Oh, that's great. Um, I noticed on a, I don't know if it was Yelp or something else, but I was reading somebody's review, and they said, yeah, I was visiting a city and I wanted to do a cooking class, so I just got on here and got... So are there cooking classes that are open to the public, or or is it... Just something that you call up and say, I've got a group of 10. Absolutely. It's a very good question. So we offer both. So when you go on Cozy Meal, um, you find uh, uh, across the nation hundreds uh, of uh, cooking class experiences with different chefs. And um, you get to choose if you want to join a public class where you'll be joined by other individuals or if you want to just book something for yourself and your friends or for yourself and your coworkers. Mm-hmm. Both options are available. And um, obviously for tourists, uh, they usually are looking for uh, 
a public class where they can uh, meet others, especially locals, and that's why also tourists really like our experiences. Mm-hmm. Now, can each class be sort of structured according to the people in the class and the instructor, or is the is the structure in place and this is how it's done? It's a good, good question. So, in terms of the menu, the menu is, is preset. If, it, if it's a cooking class, uh, a public cooking class, then the menu can, of course, not be adjusted because you have different individuals with different uh, uh, needs. Right. However, if it's for a private class, uh, you can always customize the menu. And uh, our experience so far has been that customization usually happens at no additional cost unless there is a big change to the menu. So, for yeah. instance, if someone uh, wants to replace uh, uh, the chicken with um, a lobster, then there might be an adjustment to the price. Yeah, otherwise, I would hope so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> otherwise, um, uh, you would not be, uh, you would not even need to pay an extra fee. And 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 that that that's always possible. Good thing is, uh, by us essentially by the chef offering the menu already on the side, it makes the selection process for customers very easy. One thing we have heard is that before closing, a lot of the customers were actually struggling choosing what they wanted to have because they were not sure. But we give already a good starting point with the menu, and then you as a customer, if you wish, can go and adjust parts of the menu. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, too much choice is overwhelming. Exactly. And what about the chefs? Now, how do they get paid a, a particular price for a cooking class? It's the same for everybody? depending on the length of class or something? It's a good question. So uh, we are a marketplace, so the prices for the classes are actually set by the chef. And um, the way we make money is we take a cut of what is spent on our platform by the customers, and then the rest of the money goes to the chef. So um, the chefs are on our platform like freelancers. They essentially maintain their own calendar. They say when they're available and they're not available. That's why also it's so easy for our customers to find what they want because we can always show which chefs are available when. Mm-hmm. And so you as a customer, you know, you've, um, the chef sets the price, you find the experience, you book it. And, uh, we do payment processing. We do the entire setup of the experience. And then we take our commission and the rest of the money goes to the chefs. Okay. Now, do the chefs sign a contract? Are they always available or do they have to be available for you know, a six-month period, or can they opt in or out depending on their, you know, they they always go to France for a month in September, so can they opt out for that month, or how does that work for them? Absolutely. So uh, the chefs decide um, when, uh, when they want to work, how frequently they want to work. There's no obligation whatsoever on the chefs in terms of um, how many events they need to offer per month. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is quite common for us, you know, to have chefs um, uh, that are, for instance, an executive chef in a restaurant, and they might be only available for one day a week or even one, two days a month. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, they have chefs who have their own uh, personal chef business or their own catering company. They're usually more frequently available. And then obviously, sometimes it happens and they travel somewhere. And then what they just do is they go to the site and remove the dates from the calendar. And, and then for those days, the chefs will not be shown on our platform. Okay. And how do you find the chefs? Who finds the chefs? Yeah, we have a dedicated a team that is in charge of finding as well as vetting chefs. And that team is um, both uh, part of the team is at our headquarters in San Francisco, 
uh, but we also have local representatives in every city where we are present. So essentially, uh, we have we get obviously chefs that find us, they apply, and um, in a new market, at the beginning, we go and find the chef. And we have certain criteria that the chefs need to meet in order to be able to join our platform. So in any case, the chefs would need to submit an application. Our chef acquisition team reviews the application. If the application looks good, we have a phone screen with them. And if they pass the phone screen, then our local food critic uh, will meet the chef in person. If the chef has a venue, that's the venue. They, they also check if the chef has the right um, uh, communication skills, right, social skills, especially as it comes to cooking classes, because they need to be a good teacher. Mm-hmm. And they check also if the chef has the right culinary skills. And if the chef meets all these criteria, then they can join our platform. And uh, the photos that you see on our site are um, uh, almost all of them are photos that we actually have taken ourselves off the food, off the chefs, as our local food critic was vetting them. Mm, okay. Okay. And then Tell me a little bit about the team building. Yeah, so team building activities are very popular. They make up a big, big portion of our business. And team building activities are essentially similar to cooking classes, um, but on top of that, there is an additional team building aspect. So all major companies use us regularly for their team building um, activities. Just to name a few, and some of them are also our reference um, clients, are like, Google, Facebook, Apple, McKinsey Company, the Boston Consulting Group, um, uh, LinkedIn, um, and Twitter, um, and Bank of America, Macy's, uh, the World Bank, and so on and so forth, and the users for the team building activities. And the benefit what they see uh, in our team building activities is, um, is that the team works together on, on one thing, which is um, cooking in this case, Mm -hmm. and they get to have fun, and they get to learn something new, Um, and then at the same time, also, um, the person who's organizing the team building event doesn't need to worry about, um, you know, uh, taking care of the food, because obviously, if you do a team building cooking class, the food that they'll be eating is the food that they're preparing. So often, you know, when they organize these events, you know, they're looking, maybe they they go bowling, and then they say, okay, so we do bowling. What should we do with the food? What can we order? Mm-hmm. And, it's, and this makes everything, everything is including one package, and it's a true team building event because you all work together on one thing, which is really preparing the multi-course meal. So companies really like it. Uh, we, get, we get a lot of cooking from companies, um, and especially uh, around the holidays where they do a lot of holiday team building events, and it's certainly one of our most popular categories. In our oh, yeah. And that's why I also said when we launched in Seattle, before we even started promoting team building events, we already started getting um, bookings um, from companies. Yeah. And there's that added incentive by the teams to do a really good job because when you're going to eat what you've made, you don't want to mess it up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and the other thing that which is really interesting, and this is something that I personally noticed, is when you do a team building around cooking, you get to know your coworkers so well. You sometimes have some coworkers, you know, who might be and uh, more of an introvert, they might be a bit shy in the office, and then you all of a sudden see, wow, these people are amazing cooks. Yes. And it's it, 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 it truly, it's a very uh, nice experience. And a, and it's a trust thing, too. You know, you, you don't maybe know each other well, you don't trust each other, and then you've got to do this thing together, and you see that they have those skills, and it's like, well, I can trust that person. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So let's talk about catering next because you do a variety of things. You can just drop off food. You could do a full setup at, at a venue or someone's home. You can add wait staff or rentals. Um, and then I assume you can do specific menus or is this something that the guests can just make up? It's a very good question. So catering is a newest addition um, of our services. So, you know, we started with cooking classes, then did team building, and then just recently we launched our catering marketplace. Okay. Um, yeah. So essentially, um, and the way it works with catering is that you go to our site, you're looking to um, have an event, maybe um, it's going to be a, a holiday party or maybe just a team lunch for your office or a board meeting. And um, you're looking for for catered food, and then and the same structure that I mentioned before that outside of course, you would need to Google and find the caterer, and we have a lot of back and forth. In Cozumel, we essentially solve the problem. You go to our site, you enter the date, you enter your group size, you enter if you're looking for something for a drop of lunch, or for a holiday party, or for maybe for dinner, uh, and you can see all the catering options available. And then there you can filter. You can either have it dropped off at your place or you can have the chef and his team come and prepare everything on site. And then if you wish, as you mentioned, we can also add servers, china, and other rentals. Mm-hmm. The menu is set, meaning that when you find the catering options, you see always the menu, but it's always possible to make it just. Okay. That's not a problem. We also... Um, cater to pretty much any dietary restriction from vegan to vegetarian to kosher to halal and other dietary oh, that's restrictions. Great. We are able to cater to that. Yeah. And, um, and when you see these experiences, you can see when you see a menu, you can actually say, I want to have 10 orders of this menu for um, pescatarian, 10 orders with chicken, 5 orders for vegetarian, and 2 orders for vegan. Because that's, of course, the world we live in. You're never going to find one group who wants the same thing. Yeah, that's not possible anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about venues, because sometimes it can be in a chef's home, or it could be a larger group space someplace, an event space, or it could be something a guest comes up with. How, How are the venues located? And It's a very good question. So, um... The chef's home is only available for cooking classes, mm-hmm. um, and, and this, this, this is because of uh, food safety. Mm-hmm. You can only do it for cooking classes. So when we talk about the cooking classes, you can either have it at the chef's home or at your own home or at third-party venues. So we work with a lot of third-party venues across the nation, uh, everything from art galleries to uh, wineries to big event spaces, and we even have had, like, large cooking class experiences with like 90 people oh, wow. which were like in a big space in a, in, a, in a nice hotel. So we work with a lot of different venue um, providers. Um, for the catering experience, um, uh, it's usually the case that the customers want uh, the chef, first of all, want the food to be dropped off at their own place and if they want the chef to be there, then they want the chef to come to their place. Okay. So for catering, the venue is usually not provided because it's, it's not usually uh, needed by the customers. Right. Right. Now, who can you talk about who some of the chefs are that you use in Seattle? Absolutely. So we have actually... Uh, so when we launched in Seattle, I was actually uh, myself in Seattle, and I had the uh, pleasure to meet uh, some of the chefs myself in person. Um, so we have a, a few chefs that I 
I think definitely um, stand out. Um, one of them is Chef, Chef Joe uh, Muscarello, who um, often is called um, by, by locals in Seattle, Seattle Chef Joe. He was, um, in addition to being a very fantastic cooking class chef, uh, he also uh, was named um, uh, among the top five wedding caterers in Seattle. Oh. Uh, we have also Chef um, Bain and Davison, who is a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America, and he has worked in different Michelin um, star restaurants in the, in the past, and he's also a trained sommelier. So um, when you look at our chefs in Seattle, they have a very diverse background. Some of them used to work uh, for many years in different um, Michelin star restaurants. Uh, others have owned their own restaurants for many years, and others have been um, very experienced caterers. One of the other things that I I think is a good thing that you guys do is that the guests after their event have an option to review the chef. So talk about that and why you set that up. Absolutely. That's a very, very good um, point. Yeah, for us, it's, it's very important um, that the quality of the experience is good. You know, we do, we do a lot of testing on our platform to make sure that uh, we um, bring the right chefs on board. And then we also want to make sure that the chefs that we bring on board um, um, stay successful on the platform. So therefore, uh, after each event, uh, the customer gets an email. Uh, and also, if they have given us the phone number, then they also get a text message asking uh, them to review the chef. And uh, so they can review the chef, um, the chef's, chef's teaching skills, the food itself, as well as the venue. And this gives us a very important signal in terms of um, has, has this been a good experience with the chef and, and is the opportunity to provide the chef with feedback um, and also in general for other customers who are looking to book an experience to see how the chef is doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the review system has been very good. Um, the reviews we get are, are overall very positive and in the cases where sometimes the customers think that certainly it can be improved the good thing is the chef gets the immediate feedback and can actually go and make adjustments to the experience. Right. Perfect. Samad, thank you so much for being with us today. Before we head out, can you think of anything we haven't talked about that you would really like people to know about Cozy Meal? I think it's it's good for people just to know in general, you know, that, that we are a marketplace for great expenses around food, that both consumers as well as companies either like our services and then especially now around the holidays where people are thinking about getting a nice gift for the loved ones. And often the loved ones already have many things that they, um, they want to buy them. Um, mm-hmm. But getting them a truly um, unique dining experience as a gift is a great gift idea. And uh, so we see always in the holidays a lot of people who buy closing a gift card. And I think this is certainly a good um, gift uh, for the holiday time. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things, food is, is something that creates memories. You remember always those experiences when you've got a good meal and you're with friends and loved ones. Exactly. And then also, I mean, what, what, is, uh, what, what is better than um, sending essentially a chef to your home who, who either offers your cooking class or prepares a multi-course meal for you? Essentially, as a gift, you can essentially bring a restaurant to someone's home. Yeah, that's, this is what's possible with Cuisinia. That's very special. 
All right. Well, thank you so much, and good luck with everything. We'll keep an eye on you in Seattle. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you, and I look forward to speaking with you soon. Definitely. Thanks a lot. All right. We're going to be right back with some tips and tricks. See you in a minute. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Salty Seafood Waterfront Restaurants. Visit them on the water at their Alki, Redondo, and Portland locations. Hi, this is Dan, manager of Bix Broadview Grill in beautiful North Seattle, and you're listening to Seattle Dining Show. Hi, my name is Leslie. I'm from Edmonds. My favorite restaurant in Edmonds is Bar Dojo. Their avocado tempura is delicious. We're back with the um, kind of wrap-up for the show. We always like to give you some tips eating at home, eating out, maybe a gadget. So um, Tom is going to take the first one about eating in. So uh, my tip for eating in is uh, we were all sitting around the other night having a discussion about uh, what's the best steakhouses in Seattle. And I thought, you know, if you really like steak, um, you should make a point of mastering Making a steak at home and uh, see if you can outdo your favorite restaurant. Now, if you do do that, sadly, the next time you go to that restaurant, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> or maybe you'll try the chicken dish or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I, do, I, do, I do have quite a bit of fun um, when, you know, uh, this month we'll be making prime rib. And sometimes I get it right, sometimes I don't. Um, but I'm always learning each time I try it, and I try to make it better and better each time. And uh, so whether it's steak, burgers, whatever you like to eat, these things are not that hard to make at home. And uh, just keep refining and enjoy it. Also, a lot of places like Russell's and Tom Douglas make rubs. So you can yeah. you can get close to you know their flavor. But I, for the tip on eating out, I'm going to be – playing the devil's advocate and saying... Are we going to get the yin and the yang now? Exactly. Yes, you could really work on it and make it perfect at home. On the other hand, it's never the same at home. You don't have the atmosphere. You have to do the work so you're not as relaxed as you might be. You don't have the best equipment, not ovens that go up to humongous heats. Uh, you may not even have the smaller tools that make life easier. You can't have everything at home. You don't have space. Well, just so, buy them all and then you'll make like the $1,000 steak. Yes, and then you could just open a restaurant in your apartment because it's just easier that way. <laughs> All right, what's your gadget tip? Uh, gadget tip this this month. It is December. It's uh, the season of giving. And so I want to recommend that you look around your loved one's kitchen and see what needs to be replaced. And go out and buy some nicer, newer versions of some of those gadgets for that person. That'll really make them happy, and, uh, or else they'll just think you think their cooking sucks no matter what. <laughs> I don't know. You know, they might see it and say, really, a vegetable peeler, Tom, I can't thank you enough, and they'd be sarcastic. <laughs> but when they used it the first time and it actually worked and they didn't have to mangle a piece of vegetable or you know, a carrot or something, they might really thank you afterwards. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and yeah. you know, you you look in some people's cabinets, and I'm not speaking about yours specifically, but uh, Teflon pads from 20 years ago. You know, <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not it's not necessarily safe. You know, Teflon's not a good thing to ingest into your system. So I threw the pipe. Oh, I know we threw yesterday. that one away. Yeah. No, just I did it yesterday. Yeah. But there's 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 more down there. There's more to go. Um, you know, speaking of gift ideas, just to throw this in, um, I like Tom's idea personally. But also, if you if you have people who like to eat out a lot, um, so many restaurants do a deal where you buy so so much such and such an amount, and you get ten dollars for yourself, yeah. or twenty for yourself. It's a, I so, think that the one this year, I always liked it when it was you, you if you buy a hundred dollars, they'll sell it to you for eighty dollar gift certificate. That was yeah. a good deal. Now, now they kind of switched that around. Most are now. If you buy the hundred dollars, you get a twenty dollars gift certificate. Yeah. So you're really only getting about a fifteen percent savings at that point than than the twenty you were getting in the past. Yeah. But it's the still idea a good is deal. that you given a hundred away and you get the twenty. Yeah. So yeah. you know, but whatever. It's it's if if you as I said have people who love to eat out, that's the way to go. And we do that well in this town. Most restaurants have uh, some sort of a gift certificate program, mm-hmm. and with so many new restaurants, maybe it's yeah. it's time to wake somebody up and introduce them to a new place that hasn't been around. Now, wouldn't long. that be a fun gift to do a? And you don't have to do big amounts. Do twenty bucks at four different places. Oh, that's a good idea. And you know, then it helps the restaurants because it gets somebody in, and they will pay more than twenty dollars for dinner. So that helps the restaurant. It gets your friends and family out to try. Do you think twenty bucks is enough? Like, could I even get a napkin at Candlest for twenty bucks? No, that's my point. That's why it's good for the restaurants because it gets somebody in there, and Uh, then they have to pay more. But it gets your people out and trying new things. Yeah. 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 I don't think that would be, actually be a drink at Canlis. So, and plus, we have so many new friends from Amazon Web Services, and I know yes. they all just moved into town in the last twelve months. So, you yes. guys, you got to get out there and ex- experience the Seattle restaurant scene. Exactly, new uh, and old. Yeah, you should do it. You should do a thing uh, like a like a as a company gift exchange. The the only mandate is you you have to bring a gift certificate at a certain value as your yeah. gift exchange item to a local restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. We're always thinking up here. Always thinking. All right. It is time to wrap up for December. Thanks for joining us on the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it's free to do so. Just visit seattledining.com. Click on subscribe free, and it's yours on a monthly basis. We want you to dine well. We want you to dine often. And please, don't cook like my mother. Don't cook like Tom's mother. We'll see you next month. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music, a Fremont icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Doghouse, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine, online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the seattle dining show